Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ. Living Orthodoxy is the parish podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Souderton, Pennsylvania. I hope you had a beautiful Thanksgiving. I had a very different one than usual. My wife and children were in Ohio, and I was home with my dad. And the cloudy day of being separate from my family had a lot of beautiful silver linings that I'm thankful for. And when my family got back, I asked them what were the highlights and lowlights of Thanksgiving. And I was glad to hear and see pictures of, you know, the, the family members at Aunt Barb's house and hear about the ping pong tournament that some won and some lost. But the recurring low light was there was no pumpkin pie. And I heard that my children were, took it very stoically. They were disappointed but didn't show their disappointment to Aunt Barb. I'd like to remind them and you all that there is more to life than pumpkin pie and ping pong. And there is more to life than health and wealth, more to life than luxury and entertainment, than technology and travel. There's more to life than just eking out a living from paycheck to paycheck, more to life than politics and celebrities and ecology. There's even more to life and family. It hurts to say that. And there is more to life than life, this transient fleeting life that we cling to so carefully, this silhouette of life that we are defined by so easily. So I ask you not to settle for the corruptible riches, but hold out for incorruptible treasure Don't settle for temporary blessings, but hold out for eternal reward. Don't settle for earthly happiness, as wonderful as it is, but hold out for heavenly joy. And that true life that we are holding for, that true life is our Lord Jesus Christ, who has come to liberate all of humanity to emancipate us from slavery to sin and to break the hypnotic trance that the devil uses to lead us into death. He has come as the light of the world to enlighten the world. He came to bring the Gentiles into unity with God's people. And this is what we have in the the gospel this morning. Our gospel reading and prayer, a touch of heaven and earth in the liturgy, our gospel reading mystically transports us outside the walls of Jericho, those walls that fell down at the trumpet blast at Joshua's conquest. And we see the blind man forcing his way into the Lord's attention despite opposition 
and we see our Lord dialoguing with him and then fulfilling his request. If we could see this for the first time, like the people who were there, the faithful Jews, generation after generation, waiting for the Messiah, we would be astounded. We would be weeping. Weeping for joy, weeping for thanksgiving, weeping with our sins in front of us, with the light of God illumining the, the darkness of our heart. Our heart should be filled with, with wonder, and our mind should be overflowing. This event, as all of Scripture, must be interpreted at various levels. All the levels are truthful. Each level digging deeper past the plain meaning into the spiritual gold mine. Just real quickly, the four levels. Of, it's important for us to know this. I hope you read your Bibles every day. Of course, we have the literal, historical, plain meaning of the text. And then we go deeper into the allegorical meaning. In this case, the allegorical meaning is that blind man is the, the pagans, the noble pagans waiting, calling out for enlightenment. That allegorical, metaphorical meaning gives way, leads us to the anagogical or spiritual meaning. What does it mean for me? What does it mean in terms of my mystical experience of the real meaning of life? And finally, that gives way to the moral or practical meaning. How must I change to embody this truth? And St. Theophilus of Antioch gives us very practical marching orders. He says, the Lord walks around benefiting people, and we should also be profitable in all that we do. Every step that we take must be a blessing for somebody else. But I'd like to focus simply on the plain meaning of this, of this text in my sermon. The plain meaning is that prayer is our priority, and we can overcome all obstacles. Prayer is really our primary function. It's the foundation of Christian living, and it's the fountain of generosity and forgiveness and sacrifice and ministry, and it's the bulwark of the triple towers of faith, hope, and love in the rampart of our soul. Prayer is the bedrock of the butter mountain, the foothills of the mountain range of God's love. And prayer is actually possible. Speaking to God, dialoguing with him, is actually possible. We have to dig deeper and deeper in order to climb higher and higher. Prayer, of course, is sharpened, it's given wings with fasting and almsgiving. Prayer is the life of Christ shared with us. The life of Christ who is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, who prays in us, unifying us with the Father, unutterably sighing in our souls with prayers too deep for words by the action of the Holy Spirit. 
And prayer is the method of liberation. Saint Sophroni of Essex, the newly glorified recent elder and very deep thinker and writer, says that prayer affords an experience of spiritual liberty of which most people are ignorant. The first sign of this emancipation is the disinclination to impose one's will on others. So if we pray and we start to be freed from our passions, we no longer want to make other people do what we want them to do. That would sure make parenting easier. The second sign of this liberation is the inner release from the hold of others on oneself. And that would make all of life a lot easier, wouldn't it? If we didn't want to have to live up to what everything, everyone expects from us, but only what God expects. In the scripture today, we see the blind man's call to the Lord. We see it threatened. And I want to quickly consider with you what is thwarting your communion with God. Our obstacles, of course, are exterior and interior. The exterior obstacles are numerous and daunting. Distractions, worldly cares, traffic, technology, constant interruptions. Our circumstances so easily lead us away from the one thing needful. However, the interior distractions the interior obstacles are much worse. And they truly trample and trample our path to paradise. St. Mark the ascetic in, in the Philokalia, in his letter to Nicholas, reminds us that ignorance and forgetfulness and laziness open the doors for all the passions to pour in to the soul unopposed and pillage us. These mistaken mindsets, mindsets feed the unholy trinity of our twisted self-perception, which cries out in this twisted prayer of the heart, mine, mine, mine. These myopic paradigms unsettle and disorient our self-worth. These habits of mind estrange us from each other and stir up the enmity of the fallen world. Bitterness, anger, lack of forgiveness, resentment, these poison the soul and they poison relationships. These demonic delusions separate us from God our Father, who by his Son and Holy Spirit through the prophets and angels and apostles has wrought our salvation, offers us redemption, and continually draws us into true life. So how do we overcome these obstacles? Mark the ascetic again. He says, remember God's loving kindness. Remember his self-sacrifice. Remember his generous providence in your life. And St. Mark quotes St. Paul's 
finale to the Philippians. Finally, brethren, whatever, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things and will be the shackles of the passions will fall off from us. We have to build these habits into our life. We have to stop and smell the roses. And it is okay to cry. It's okay to be vulnerable in the right situation. It's okay, maybe necessary to apologize. It's okay and always necessary to ask for help. These stumbling blocks on our pilgrimage of prayer are the crosses in our lives. We too often bristle and draw back from the cross, but we must remember that each cross has its own resurrection. We must remember that without temptation, no one can be saved. We must remember that our Lord knows our human condition, and he has sanctified it. If we, if we bring our weakness and loneliness to him, he will fill them with his strength and his presence. He tells us, my grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. We have plenty of examples of people persevering through the steeplechase of faith. Yesterday we celebrated the first called Apostle Andrew, who followed the Lord faithfully throughout Eastern Europe, even to his martyric perfection. Yesterday we also celebrated Saint Frumentius, the enlightener of Ethiopia, who turned his shipwreck into a missionary opportunity, surmounting cultural and linguistic barriers with his faithful prayer and obedience. Throughout this month of December, we celebrate most of the holy prophets. Nahum, the prophet, the prophet of consolation, is celebrated today. They were waiting for the promised Messiah and standing in opposition to the decadence and darkness that came on the people because they ignored the Lord's revelation. And they were unafraid to call back the people to walk again in the light of his countenance. The Church, our wise mother, knows the cures of, for our diseases and the remedies for our infirmities and offers us the opportunity for healing with the fast. And I ask you to take the fast seriously. Of, of course, the culinary part of things. But fast from technology and feast on the scriptures. Fast from judgment and feast on prayer. Indeed, there is more to life than pumpkin pie, more to life than this shadowy existence we call life. We can interact with, we can welcome life himself, ever deeper through the layers of meaning of the word of God to God the word himself, who as St. Ambrose of Milan 
waxes poetically. As in paradise, God walks in the Holy Scriptures, seeking man. As we dig deeper into the Scriptures and the sacraments, into service and sacrifice, God himself digs deeper into our hearts. We are the blind man stumbling about, and our Lord comes again and again as the light of the world and the light of our souls. This holy season, I ask you to purposefully call to God, overcoming all the obstacles exterior and interior, clearing the clutter of your life, and preparing your heart, dark and dusty, save that it is, to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. This is my prayer for myself and for you, that we would listen to him who says, My son, give me your heart. That the Lord would accept the gift of my puny, weary, infected heart and return it enlarged, renewed, and healthy. That he would refashion my well-masked and piously polished self-love, which I am surrendering to him, and give me in return a true love, love stronger than blindness and distraction, love stronger than hatred and greed, love stronger than division and death. Amen. For more information about St. Philip Orthodox Church, visit us online at st-philip.net.